Harmony Williams is my guest today on Navigating Neurodivergence with Stefan Glazer. You know, she is the host of Life Changing Trips podcast. Uh, it is a fantastic place. Um, we really dive into her journey, um, kind of tongue-in-cheek tongue with <laughs> the term journey. But it's been a, a long and interesting road. And I had the pleasure of sitting down with her, and I was actually on an episode of her podcast as well. And boy, we talk about everything with her struggles and her children's struggles with uh, ADHD and uh, ASD and anxiety. So finding out things to help and navigate life through problems with depression, PTSD, and, and then some. So... I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know I did, and I look forward to, to working with Harmony again. There are a ton of great links in the, the show notes here uh, for everything that, that she does, um, all of her socials, and of course, uh, her e email list and uh, podcast itself, Life Changing Trips. So without further ado, Harmony Williams. Hello and welcome on another episode of Navigating Neurodivergence. I have somebody today, I gave a little introduction about her, but Harmony Williams, I have to say, your navigating <laughs> of neurodivergence has been a very interesting one because most people go uh, around the realm of finding medication or doing all this stuff, but you found a completely different avenue. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, I'm super excited to get to talk with you again, and it was fun having you on my podcast. And so here we are again. I I love talking, so this is great. You'll have to just shut me up when you want to <laughs> jump in. So, goodness, where do we start? As you said that... Um, it just made me think about my background, and I was raised very religiously um, here in Utah, and I had some very black and white thinking, mm -hmm. and I didn't really think I was ADHD. I didn't really ha have any consideration that any of my kids, they're just my kids and they're quirky or they have their own little things, right? And school has been a real struggle with a few of them. And I did pretty great through school. I had my own little things that just, I could, I, I knew what was important. important. Mm -hmm. And so I could, and I was in honors classes kind of things, but I could do the homework for one class while I was in another class that didn't matter. Or, you know, just little things like that where um, that time I was at school I used and I never did homework at home. And I navigated those things pretty well. And then you get to parenting. And I started that off pretty young. That's kind of what our the religion I was raised in uh, teaches you. And have as many kids as possible, as soon as possible, was kind of the, the essence that I got distilled in me. And so at 20 years old, I got married. 21, I had my first baby a week before our first anniversary. 
And then as quickly as I could, I kept having babies, which actually was very spread out because right now I have a 23-year-old and a 6-year-old and five kids total. But with several kids, it became a lot harder (laughs) to... figure out like just to make things work and I'd all like beat up on myself and beat up on myself just like I can't I'm not good at this I forget things I don't like focus on people well enough and I just thought these were all like character flaws that I just needed to like Mm -hmm. grit and do better or you know I don't know how to exactly explain that because yeah it was like a problem with me I was not good enough basically uh, yeah yeah that, well it's funny you say that that's a, a big thing that comes up with a lot of conversations that i have is you feel like well everyone else must be doing this doing doing better at this because they're not having issues and i'm having all these issues so you end up feeling like alone in this struggle of of like why can't i do this why can't i do things like everyone else's i like Keeping up with the Joneses, like right. they, their well, kids I can't, are doing I get yeah. my shit together as a mom, <laughs> exactly. you know. Like I can't even, you know. I've been driving the kids to school every or home from school, picking them up every single day this year, and I forget. Still, I have to set reminder and alarm on my phone. That just is ridiculous, you know. Yes. So, but it was. It's not ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like a tool I use now. I have 27 alarms on my phone. My husband's like, you have a lot of alarms. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you probably have 20. I was like, no. Yeah. I pr- yeah, let me count them. I started counting and I was like, oh, okay. So for this week, not calendar alerts, but just alarms set. I had 27 in that one week. But it's how I remember to pick up the kids, how I remember to order the groceries or whatever, all those little things I need to do. That's how, how one of the tools I use, I guess, is my alarms. Yeah, it's a a good tool. And that's before, you know, even when people aren't diagnosed, before they find out more about what could be, because diagnosed or undiagnosed, when you have it, you know you have it especially when you find out what it is, (laughs) you're like, oh, I'm starting to see all these little red flags that pop up. But when you develop these tools yourself, everyone will look at you like, well, why don't you just remember it? And it's like, I wish it was that easy. (laughs) Right. Or I do remember it. And then 20 minutes later, I'm distracted and into something else. And it's 20 minutes past the, you know, 10 minutes past the time I was supposed to leave. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it 20 minutes ago. Like I did. I remember. I knew it was coming. So it's, it's crazy. It's interesting. Um, something you said just before that made me. I had a thought. Now I lost it. We'll see if it comes back. <laughs> it will. Maybe if you. They do. Yeah. <laughs> go along that, that line of thought. Yeah, so. Well, oh, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is when you do, when you're creating these tools for yourself, and I, I, I've been doing it my entire life, and there was a, a question I used to ask people all the time, like, oh, did you ever, you know, know, knew that you had an issue with neuro, and it's been 100%, no one knows. It's a, it's a silent struggle because you don't, you don't even know that it's a struggle. You just think that that's life. Yeah. This is the life. Like, this is how it works. This is how everyone's doing it. So I can't say anything about it. Like, everyone's going through the same thing. And then it's when you start finding out that 
one, that you're not alone. Two, it's not what everyone's going through. And three, wow, I was fortunate enough to build tools to get through this. It changes your outlook on, on everything. Um, but, you know, you, um, you mentioned, you know, I was on your podcast and it was such a fun conversation. And when you actually talk about your podcast, Life-Changing Trips, people are like, oh, it's a travel podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was on, on purpose to be a little bit facetious there. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I guess you're traveling internally. That's yeah. a pretty, that's pretty good travel. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I want to talk to to that a little bit. And um, because how did you first discover plant medicine of any any type? Yeah. Okay. So I was getting there. I just take a long time sometimes. So <laughs> this very conservative background and the last several years I I started opening my mind and I was doing some self-work and questioning some of these thoughts and going into the, the shadow work, which I didn't want to do exactly, but I, I love that now because I can love that shadow part of me mm. and be okay with it either. Yeah. I actually don't think I have tons and tons of great tools. Like I'm sure there's lots of other great tools out there that people use. I am just really good at loving myself. <laughs> Even it's a very though, powerful tool. <laughs> loving those parts of me that aren't the, and my kids too. So for both of us, there's like society says you need to be productive or not, you know, like I kind of came from that culture and you want your house clean and these are the things and it's very highly desired to have things in order to mm. be productive, all of those things. And yet I actually really value time to myself, time with my children, time being and relaxing and mm. just being there open with their, your heart open, you know, like those things aren't really that valued. It's kind of a checkbox on a list for some people, but actually being in that moment. So that's one of my greatest strengths, I think. I think of my little six-year-old who just has no idea what time is, and we try and explain to him what how many days it will be till then, and you go to sleep, <laughs> or how many hours till we get back, and he's just like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, it's just all gibberish what time is, you know? And I sometimes am like that, like time doesn't matter. I'm just in the moment and I'm here and whoever I'm with, I just want to be with. So I'm late to everything because I, I'm with this person. So yes. I want to complete that experience and be with them. And then I'll get to the next experience when it's time. And sometimes that's <laughs> past the time that they put on their invitation or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I, and then with my, Oh, were you going to no, I, that I'm 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 very much in tune with that too. That the whole idea of that I want to be present for that moment, and if it takes more or less time than it was supposed to, then so be it. Yeah, and that's one thing plant medicine does beautifully mm. is put you in that moment. I don't care about my cell phone. I don't care about the list of to dos. I just, especially for the large journeys, am in that in the moment and focus on things that are really important. And to touch on with my kids, they all have 
differences we may have my my daughter kind of researched into some of these things and is like oh you know these people in our family might have a lot of autistic tendencies and you definitely have ADHD and you know and I didn't know like the stereotypical ADHD is just like you can't focus and you're hyperactive and I'm like I'm not hyperactive and I can focus on things like when I when I want to when it's interesting I can like focus you know but if it's not interesting or those mundane things are really hard to focus on and I didn't realize that's actually kind of one of the markers you can get hyper focused on things so learn like reading Daniel Amen's book was kind of a a light bulb I'm like oh okay I'm checking off all of these boxes you know (laughs) first but he has like seven different types of ADHD and he has um, he talks about um, autism and, and things too. And the, he's done hundreds of hundreds of thousands of brain scans. Anyway, that's a little side note. Um, and we can come back to that. Some of the things with my kids and, and working with them and rather than being like, don't wear your headphones in the house all the time. Like that's rude. That's disrespectful. You're, you need to be able to hear me at every moment when I want you. But it's, it was just like too much noise for some of them, like too much stimulation, five kids, all this stuff going on, friends over and they needed to wear those headphones in the house. And it was like, I kind of tapped into my heart because I, I was, it was annoying me and, and everyone's like, oh, those teenagers, they're so self-absorbed and they're just in their own world. And then I really tapped in and I was like, no, I think this is okay. And I didn't even realize that maybe there was some neurodivergence there. I just was like, that's something he says he needs. And so he does, you know, so I'm going to give him that and I'll just tap him on the shoulder. I just asked him, how would you like me to if I need you. And he's just said, just tap me on the shoulder and then I'll take my headphones off. And he does. Or if he sees my mouth moving, he just takes his headphone off and says, what was that? that? That's really good though. I mean, that's, that's something that a lot of people don't do because mm-hmm. they just think you're doing, you're doing it wrong. And mm-hmm. that's, I grew up with that. You're doing it wrong. Don't do it that way. Even though I was getting things done and completed and succeeding in the things I was doing, but I wasn't doing them the way they should be done. It's like, why, 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 why am I wrong then? And that's, that's the cycle you get put into at a young age. So the fact that you do let your kids explore the ways that are working for them. Mm-hmm. So if they are getting overstimulated, having the headphones on is a beautiful thing. That's that. I understand that. Like I get overstimulated by when there's over uh, too much noise, too many conflicting noises, like, mm-hmm. like, okay, or any sort of dissonance that I can't, you know, I'm like, all right, then that's why I have over your, I, I literally have them right here. <laughs> yeah. Noise canceling is like the best invention ever. I could not drive carpool without it. I would go, go <laughs> crazy. And even in the, in the car with my, one of my other kids, they really like the music up loud I'm like, I can't hear you and I can't focus and it's too much for me. And so I'll put in my, and I've realized like this isn't, I thought I was being rude if I put in my noise canceling AirPods. Mm-hmm. And I realized actually it kind of turns that the volume down on the music, but I can still, still hear the people talking more clear. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's perfect for us. I let them, I don't have to keep 
<laughs> they joke around like, at least mom didn't turn you like slowly down one notch at a time to zero till your music was at zero. But we homeschooled for several years too. So we, you know, did math as we were jumping up and down stairs or on the trampoline. We were throwing a pillow back and forth as we did our little time tables or whatever. I'm like, like, let's make this fun. And then we'd go outside and we'd explore and just it, kids are just really put in a box you know yeah, yeah. and you that's that's another tool altogether that a lot of people don't realize when it comes to neurodivergence is we can learn a lot better when we're in motion um that's why like i'm a big proponent of you know i huge on meditation but walking meditations are are just as good they're sometimes even better because being able to move and feel these things while you're moving and being present, it, it kind of, it sticks to you better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's movement is so important, especially for a neurodivergent mind. That's why I, people would get frustrated with me. I'd be sitting there fidgeting in my desk while like a, a lecture was going on or somebody was trying to talk to me. I'm like, listen, if you tell me to stop, I will, but I'll stop paying attention too. It's like if I don't have this thing where I'm like doing, like going back and forth or doing something, it's gonna go in one ear out the next, and you're gonna go reply to me, and be like, "Yeah, so what do you think about that?" And I'm just gonna look at you blank in the face and go, "I have no idea what you were talking about." Right. <laughs> no clue. Yeah, yeah, I'm a hiking guide, and so we when I do one-on-ones and I'll do group ones also, and we'll do a, like a group guided breath work meditation. And then as we talk, we depending on the group or the, um, retreat, if it's like a CEO retreat or if it's a women's retreat, you know, we'll do different things there. But on the one-on-ones, we have that time to process and talk and I get to know them and do, I do life coaching. So we'll do a little life coaching kind of thing as we talk and really just connect and get to move but people open up so much like it's incredible just opening up and we get get further i think than if we we're just sitting there face to face like yeah. okay now <laughs> what you know and then <laughs> when we get there we'll we'll do a breath work which also you know is mm -hmm. one of my favorite tools that's not plant medicine to push you into that altered state so their spinning mind stops and people that have never been able to meditate because they just, oh, I just can't do it. I can't, it doesn't work for me. I can't stop. When we do a couple minutes of breath work, you know, six minutes of breath work. And then all of a sudden they're like, we, I do a meditation and guide them through kind of cementing in to their subconscious. Some of the things we talked about and how we want to change or the, the flips. Cause you can want to change all you want, right? You're just yeah. like, I want to be different. I want to be different. And um, when we take some of those and change the story and then go in with the meditation and just sometimes things come through and I don't know, it's, it's weird to some people, but it's great. It works. But people have had deep experiences where they like have like, Oh, I've never, I saw this, like I've never seen visuals or this hit me really hard. And that was so huge because we've done that breath work and we've been moving all of it combined is kind of magical. It, it is. I mean, even like you said, without plant medicine, the, I always think that breath work and meditation, that's the gateway into really 
calming your mind to a point where you can, oh, of course, you can be present, but to really connect with yourself and connect with, especially in, if you're in a group situation, that is, it is a much better way to connect because you get your, you get yourself into that space where you have that intention to go in and focus on the breathing because the breathing is always it should be like step one, like if somebody finds out or even has an, uh, a little inkling that they might have some sort of neurodivergence, they should hand somebody a pamphlet but like, this is simple breath work exercise to lead you to pamphlet two, which is meditation. And then just hand those to them. Like, and it, not, it doesn't need to be crazy. Like you said, six minutes of focused breathing no matter the type where where it could be either a simple box breath exercise or going real deep into i don't know i've done some crazy breath work where it's um what's it called um like as my mind tropic or yeah um the yeah basically was like a journey um mm -hmm. the when i was going through it i was like oh, i can't feel my arms and legs right now there's stuff happening and i am seeing like prismatic color and I don't know what's going on. I like this, I'm just kind of letting go and getting into this, but I didn't take anything, but it definitely feels like I did. Yeah. That's what got, that was the gateway drug for me. Breath work and meditation. It was my gateway drug because I was like, Oh, once I got it and I'd read the research behind. So just to get us up to that, my, my daughter was struggling. She had been sexually abused and she was struggling with um, depression, anxiety, and suicidality. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I, I need an answer, you know? And she, she was an adult at this time, but um, it's still really hard. She was still living with us. Um, she may not have been living with us at the time, but anyway. So some, when someone said, here, read this book, How to Change Your Mind, I had no idea what it was. I'd never even heard. I'd throw out all these terms and I forget. Like a couple <laughs> years ago, I'd never even heard microdosing and ayahuasca yep. and whatever. I'd never <laughs> heard of them. It was just a foreign concept. If you would have said, if you would have said magic mushrooms or LSD, I would have just been like, oh, you're doing cocaine and heroin? Like, that's terrible. Like, that's exactly what I thought it was, you know? Yep. And I as I read the studies and I'm like, Oh, Oh no, wait, I know that there's some weird stuff around where the gut, where the government has put it. And that's a totally different, uh, thing, but mm -hmm. this is medicinal. This has power. This has benefits. And as I started hearing the life changing stories, I, I was like, Oh wait. And saw what it did for my, my daughter. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like yeah. I need this. I've been parent. Oh yeah, you were huh. about to. Yeah, I, I um, I always like and 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 it is the correct you know intention and the correct set and setting for mm. doing it too because yes. I when I uh, growing up lived in upstate New York and there's coming across mushrooms was very easy. There's plenty of cow pastures and that was something that a lot of us did and. But doing it without any real intention was just like, okay, we're all giggling and having fun and everything's getting a little smeary. And uh, But years later, and getting into more of the spiritual side of it, getting into more of the intentional side of it, 
what I always found was hilarious. I was like, I was there. I just didn't have anyone to guide me. And now in one night of, of journeying, it could easily become equated to like 10 years of therapy. And I still go and see a therapist, but the amount of work I got done in one night of journeying, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was, it was kind of like one of those mental things. I was like, did that really, it's like, I came, I was like, I don't feel anything that I felt before last night, like that weird sense of anxiety or that weird uh, darkness that might have been there because of something like traumatic that I had gone through. And like, I know I went through it, but it's okay. And <laughs> yes, that's and then I get, the... I get mad because I'm just like, how, why is this illegal? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I forget that, um, I came into it, you know, 40 years old and, and very intentional. Like I was like, okay, if I'm going to even like let my daughter do this, not that, not that I can control my kids, right? <laughs> not, not that yeah. they do what I say, but like, I want to know about everything. Like what are the long-term risks? What are the short-term risks? Like just let my ADHD take me down the rabbit hole, you know, and mm-hmm. just dig, 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 dig. And I came into it very intentional, very and I forget that some people maybe have used these things not intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's a great distinction. And that's like what I'm all about here. Like if you want to do plant medicine, if you don't want to do plant medicine, let's find you some tools and let's do this as quickly as possible. Maybe get, get a three-day retreat or a, an intensive, something intensive to get you out of that rut you're in and then let's integrate this into your life and actually make changes and actually be a different person or have a different outlook or you know you 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 can get that lift but without the integration yeah you just it's just another experience or epiphany that you don't do anything with. So I've been jumping around a little bit, but I'd love, and if you had a thought, I can let you, but I'd love to tell kind of my story just a little bit real quick. Yeah, please, please do. Because I'm interested in, because there there is, you know, we do jump around a little, but you you did, you're like, Oh, there's a little research and now here you are. (laughs) It's like, so how did, how did you get to, get to um the whole thing actually i mean that's you started doing this your you know work you, you like you said your your daughter had all these issues from sexual trauma and went through with ptsd depression all this stuff which yeah it, it breaks my heart because i know too many people men and women that have gone through something and don't know of or won't explore the option of going down this this road because they have some sort of stigma about it and it it frustrates me because it is such a a valuable tool to help heal um so how did this all transpire Okay, I'm going to go there, but I, that just made me like that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I I feel like 
I kept just like pushing it off and like, no, I'm, I'm not funny. I'm not that whatever. I can't do a podcast. I need someone else. And, and, um, as I shared, I'd go on hikes with people from all over the world. And some of them were like, this is my last shot. I'm here. And I flew in from actually one of them was like from Oregon and I've been depressed and alone and can hardly get out of bed, let alone my house. And I'm kind of coming out and hiking this week and trying to just do something to change it. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I got to tell him, I got to mm-hmm. tell him my story. And here I'm this like, kind of, I mean, I still look like a Mormon mom. Like I still give off the Mormon mom vibe <laughs> and I just, I'm kind of a person. I'm not this like hippie and I'm not this rock star or drug addict or whatever. Like, so I have kind of a unique voice still, you know, just, I'm just this normal person, <laughs> this normal mom. And so I tell him my story and and I, and this happens on several occasions. A year later, you know, I meet someone and they're, I'm talking to them and they're like, oh yeah, I microdose and it's been so great. And let me tell you about it. And we're having this conversation and then I tell them something. Oh, we figure out that it was in, oh, I just got married this last year and whatever. And the person I had talked to lived in Oregon, went and found a facilitator. Totally. I, I get to talk to him again a year later and he's like, it totally changed my life. And I'm married now. Not only did I get out of the house, like I found <laughs> someone and I'm happy and just, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I opened my mouth and said something because it's not the tool for everybody, but it, it helped him. It was, he's like, it really could have saved my life. Like that's how for some of these people, they're like suicidal. Mm-hmm. And so as I kind of just like dared share my story a little bit with people on these hikes i'm like that i've I've just got to share more i don't need to lead journeys i don't need to make the medicine or whatever i just need to tell people that there's other options so now i'll go back really fast (laughs) and um so my daughter did end up doing a journey and she said it was the first time she'd seen beauty in 10 years and It was, she said, it felt like I was in this fog and it just pulled me up and out of the fog so I could see the beauty and I could see that there was a life worth living and that there were possibilities. And anyway, it was, it was incredible. And this whole journey as I interview people and I've interviewed people who have, who have healed from sexual trauma and, you know, just like editing it, I'm just like bawling and on some of my journeys I've processed through what happened to her because there, there's guilt. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff that comes up and just wanting her to have a happy life and be able to move on. So, so after I saw what helped her and I was here, one of my kids had just been three and a half years old. He'd just been in the hospital and he stopped walking, stopped talking and he had a, a brain I, I kind of, I like to just like move on and not keep bringing it up, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of important. You know, it was a big deal and ADEM is what it was called. And he had, his brain was demyelinating. He was forgetting how to walk, forgetting how to talk. And he looked like an MS patient mm-hmm. and it was, took a really big toll on me as a mom, like mentally and physically and emotionally, all of it. 
And I was, I was kind of at the point, you know, I'd been parenting 20 years and I was just exhausted. I was trying to do everything. Um, the, the culture kind of is just like, do it all, be a little bit of a martyr. Everything needs to be perfect. And I'd kind of fallen into that trying for perfectionism and I was nowhere near and then shaming myself and guilting myself because I wasn't. And I was exhausted and giving everything I could to these kids. And so I'm there depressed because when I'm tired and exhausted, I'm all I, like, I feel worthless and depressed. Mm-hmm. And I would get up in the morning and I would take my little one to, I don't know, school, kindergarten or something. And then I still had a toddler and I had teenagers that, you know, like my heart, I just was, I was trying and they'd come and I'd be up in the middle of the night with a little one. And then they'd want to talk till midnight about a relationship or breakup or something. And it's just, there's just a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would take the one to school and I'd come home and I'd put like a bowl of cereal and turn the TV on in front of the other one. And I would just go back to bed. And so that's not really how I wanted to be. I didn't want to live my life like that. Like, but you're so tired and depressed that you getting out of that is a hard thing. And I had been doing, um, either therapy or life coaching or both and had been breaking out of some of those patterns and meditation and breath work were pretty instrumental. That was the, the year of, um, I decided to meditate every single day that year. That was the download that came when I decided for a word on, on the year and the meditation, I just followed anything that led me that was meditation. It was, it was really cool to have that as a thing. Cause I used to like, Oh, should I go to this thing? I don't know. I'll be away from my kids, but I really want to. And, and it was just like, Oh, there's a meditation. Cool. I'm going, there's a breath work. That's kind of like meditation. I'm going, there's a sound bowl. Okay. I'm going. It was like this clear yes and no answer for one year, you know? Yeah. And then when I'd heard, um, I'd been reading the book and kind of talking to people and I'd heard that met like, you reach a similar state as all the, you know, the enlightened yogis are getting to, or you you're trying for in meditation, but it might take you 20 years to get there in meditation and plant medicine is just this like shortcut to get yeah. you there. So I was like, Hmm, okay. Okay. That's interesting. But when I finally did my first journey and I went into it with the intention of just finding some peace or some answers around this, I'm burnt out. I don't want to be parenting anymore. I just want to like enjoy life and I'm exhausted from cooking and cleaning and all the other things that come with parenting, the emotional stuff. And so I actually was in my journey, got to like spiritually visit each of my children's souls. I don't mm. know how to explain it. It's so hard. Well, it, it's hard to explain to people that haven't been in a journey. <laughs> but, right? But when yeah. you, you've been in there, it's not, I, I totally understand. Yeah. So I like individually went in my mind, right? They weren't there to this child. And like I saw the depths and the nuance and the... I had a word for it just before and it left me, but how unique 
their soul was mm -hmm. and the gifts that they brought into my life. And then I, then I'd go to the next child and I like experience them. And I'm of course just like bawling and smiling and laughing and just like loving them without them even being there and just feeling so much appreciation, so much gratitude. I did not ever before I tried to understand how much love and openness and appreciation and I, I felt like I was viewing things from this higher consciousness, this mm. God-like perspective. And I, that's just, it was just so shocking to me. It's not what I expected. And so after this, I was just like, they're like a gift. I hear, I thought I'm going to be the martyr. I chose to do this. So I'm going to keep parenting these kids, even though I'm exhausted and I don't want to parent anymore. I just want to go play and do something for myself and not have to take seven other people into consideration for everything I decide to do. And, and then after I was just like, Oh my gosh, no, like cute harmony. You're so sweet. Little human harmony thinking that you're doing this, you know, hard job of being the mom, but it's all for you. Like it's such a blessing and such a gift for you. And then for a year I was, I don't know how to put it because I was like on cloud nine. I was, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it's so hard to describe. I was living my, like true to myself and I was experiencing the people and I wasn't worried about all the crap that really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. <laughs> we think it does. And I just kept like, I'm, I just knew, I knew where all my priorities were, things with my podcast and my business started to align and getting a women's heart-centered women's business group kind of collaboration together and all of these things, I, I could work on those and then I could be there with my kids. Mm -hmm. I could be there with my husband and be present and open and our relationships totally changed and I was just happy person that wanted to give love and exuded that. Like, I, I mean, literally I, I went on a bike ride maybe like a week later. And for some people it's like done, like, okay, that was an experience. It's yeah. over. But I had like a year long afterglow. <laughs> so I went on a bike ride after and I mountain bike several times a week. That's just what we'd been doing. But it, this was like, I'd been beamed back in my body and given a second chance at life. Like a near death experience is kind of how I describe my plant medicine journey where you like come back with this purpose and passion for life and living. And I'm on my bike and I'm just, this is, this is how I pretend to be on my bike, even though I don't <laughs> pedal with my hands, but, and I'm just like, Oh my goodness, I'm riding a bike. Like, this is incredible. <laughs> I am here. And I'm like, I used to be a ways behind my husband. I'm just like right up next to him. I have all this energy. I had so much energy and light and love. And I'm like, look at the flowers and the nature and like this experience. And I just like, when I start putting rocks in my pocket, you know, I'm feeling good. And I had come back with more rocks than the kids. But it was just an incredible enlivening experience and I'd be able to live how I actually wanted to live. And I, I thought maybe the depression and the exhaustion was my hormones or something, but I didn't, I didn't change those. Yep. It was this different <laughs> outlook change. And it's, that's such a lame way to say it because it's so <laughs> much more, but, um, yeah, so that's kind of the gist of my story. Yeah. Well, you, I, I love it. I, I love it so much because 
hearing your story, how much it aligns with other people's stories that have gone down that path. Mm-hmm. Even in my own journey, like that feeling uh, afterwards where you're, where you're integrating that feeling into your life is it's hard to explain to somebody that hasn't done it because they're like, well, what, you just changed your mind? I'm like, yes, <laughs> kind of, but more than just changing my mind and changing my attitude, like the, it's the previous thoughts, the previous things were just that they were just thoughts. They weren't even, they weren't the true self. They weren't pure love. They weren't, going through life on with the understanding of others and understanding uh, of how connected everyone really is and all these important things that everyone is overlooking and looking in at yourself and seeing the things that like, wow, I'm, I was doing these things quote unquote wrong because I just wasn't living my truth life i wasn't living my truth and uh, when you get uh, on the other side of a journey you're like uh, well i'm just gonna live my truth now and all of a sudden everything falls into place things will just start lining up and for you you're right some people they get done with the journey and they don't do anything with it there's like yep i did it and then they get back into the same like wheel that they were in like a hamster and then there's people like you and even me there's times where i might backslide a little oh yeah it, it happens that's part of the podcast too that i'm doing is like how do i keep this alive how do i keep this going yeah <laughs> and and stay or or come back coming back to it like we're not all gonna live on cloud nine or the, our whole lives that's not the point of it you know no. there's gonna be ups and downs there's gonna be things that happen in our relationships or, you know, in life or with work or with our kids that are okay to be sad about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, it happened even just recently, just having a conversation. And I, I, I think the big difference now is I can feel it when it's happening. Mm. It's like, Oh no. Oh, uh, uh, I don't don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of just like living in that anxiety or stress or overwhelm for years at a time, just like, this is normal. This is just what we do. You know, you're like, no, 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 no. I know there's something different out there. I know I've, I've experienced it differently and I want to get back there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's the beautiful, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's because as a lot of journeys, a lot of facilitators will tell you, you are the medicine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a very true because once, once you, you know, bring the medicine inside you, that's it. It's there. It's going to be helping you. And it's, you're, it's always going to be there to remind you. It could be a month from after a journey, a year after a journey, 10 years after a journey, you, you can always go back to that moment in time and remember that's all it takes is just to remember that time. And that's why, like, during my journeys, I have a notebook that I have just kind of, I didn't use it as, like, a journal to, like, this is what I did. I wrote all the feelings that I was going through and what was coming up and what was releasing and what was making me ball just like a little kid, like, lost 
in in the woods basically <laughs> and i was like and then the joy and elation i was feeling and going down these different uh, paths inside of me and i was like i have to remember it was like so important that i was like i have to remember this and if my brain doesn't want to let me remember it because of any reason which i was i'm surprised because i was like oh adhd i'm never i'm probably going to forget this stuff I still remember those journeys because they're so profound. But if I need a little extra help, I open up that notebook and I go, oh my God, that's right. That's when I was looking into myself and saw like myself as a child and the things that I was traumatized as a child with people at school or people that I knew and the way they made me feel, but being able to like see and hug and tell that child that hey it's okay you're gonna make it through this and you're gonna come out better and just to bridge that gap from trauma to to healed was it's all encompassing mm -hmm. so uh, it's um yeah it's it's good i think that's amazing that it's another reason why you you started the podcast because you have this outlet where you can reconnect with it constantly Without, totally. without having to go on journey uh, like every week. You can do it every right. week with your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. And every time I talk about it, like even just today, getting to share a little bit of the journey, like it refuels me and reinvigorates me. And I have, I sometimes videotape parts of it or I talk about the journey after it and I'll be like, oh, I totally forgot that part. But just going back to that space and we do, I totally agree. We have that inside of us. The, the medicine or sacrament or whatever you want to call it just helps us remember or like opens that up. And then it, you're like, oh, that's available to me anytime. I can be this way without being on the medicine. I can still be open and loving. And I really can't stress enough. I still run into people who are just really new and they're like so scared of it because our society has built this class drug system or whatever and yeah. it's like you don't understand there's a reason why it's there and it was fear and what it is is so there, there are count, um, contraindications and there are you know you need to be careful and be intentional but it is so minimal on side effects or on negative benefits or negative side effects yeah. it, it's just shocking it's shocking that they can even they've even kept it there this long yeah, <laughs> because it, it blows my mind that it, yeah. it, that they all have been there to, in that capacity especially when it comes to natural ones like psilocybin and, mm -hmm. and all these natural occurring things they're like no it's just as bad as as heroin and it's just as bad so as crazy. cocaine and you're like what no it's not it's not it's addictive <laughs> there's <laughs> very minimal side effects yeah it's crazy yeah it, it, so, it blows my mind <laughs> so one of the other things that i have been doing to and my my daughter too to keep it alive she started doing yoga and meditation and so she kind of flipped it she did meditation after and i <laughs> meditation was my gateway drug but um and breath work and just doing things that light you up mm -hmm. and not needing an excuse or a reason why right i just want to yes. go lay in the grass in the sun i don't need a reason why you know i just feels good i want to do it but um we got to talk a lot too. And I, now I'm like, Oh, this feels like a great two part thing. We'll probably just have to bo post both parts on our, po or 
you got to go listen to both podcasts. Yeah. So you you told told a lot about your microdosing on my podcast, and I was so grateful. I loved everything. It, it was really beneficial. So go listen to that, everyone. But yes. um, there's a plug for you and my podcast. <laughs> um, but microdosing has been really great, too. And we talked about their, their studies coming out with ADHD and microdosing, and they're, they're testing it for lots of different things. But um, that's one of them. It's helped people quit smoking. There's all kinds of other other benefits, but, um, that's one that has helped also just like, okay, I don't need this huge journey at the moment. I just can take these little bits and it almost feels like a different medicine. Yeah. Uh, like, like you wouldn't think it was, you know, I mean, you still, there's still some of the similar, um, feelings, but it's so slight and it's a sub perceptual dose. And for me, I call it like, caffeine for my soul. That's what it feels like. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like about like caffeine. When I take, I don't take caffeine that often. I measure it out. I usually do less than 0.7 grams of caffeine or 70 grams of caffeine and, or milligrams. And I'm probably mixing that up. I don't do caffeine that often. So I don't know if it's measured yeah. in, in, in milligrams or grams, yeah. apparently. I'm guessing milligrams now yeah. that I'm saying it, but <laughs> 70 milligrams of caffeine and I do it like once or twice a week. But when I do, I'm always like calling my daughter who's worked at a coffee shop before. And I'm like, do you know, I just found the coolest drug. I feel so good. I feel happy and I'm motivated. I got so much done today. It was caffeine. And she's like, yeah, mom, I drink coffee every day. But, um, it, and people may not get that if they don't like when I do it, it's so I notice it because yeah. I don't have any tolerance to it. Yeah. See, I, I wish I had that. Um, <laughs> I, I can have a double shot of espresso and just go right, right to sleep. And right. It's like no problem at all. <laughs> so I try and kind of rotate through my energy enhancers and caffeine. I do once or twice a week. And then my, my plan, my goal was to microdose once a week. And I don't always do that because I'm just kind of like whatever. I'm not like a super regimented person. And so that was my goal was to do that once a week. And then I have these like life wave patches that I don't know. I don't even care if they're, um, what do you call that placebo effect? Because mm. I feel like a smooth, constant energy. You put them on like your, um, acupressure points mm. and there's all kinds of different ones, but this energy one. So I'll use that once or twice a week. And I have a couple different things that I do, but, um, not only for energy, because actually, like we said before, it doesn't always give me energy right off the bat. Like I usually need an hour to like meditate and write or ponder or be. Yeah. And then near the end, it gives me a little more energy and focus. And, and depending on what other supplements you combine it with too, I don't even want, I don't even want you to tell them on this one. So they have to go and hear you describing your uh, microdosing regimen on mine. But, um, <laughs> anyway, so it's this caffeine for the soul. I feel more like depth of joy and it kind of holds me when you were saying before, like, but it's okay. It's kind of like that. Like I'm able to feel really joyful and happy just watching my kids hit each other with a pillow on the trampoline or whatever. And they're just mm -hmm. playing and they're being kids. And I'm like, I'm going to miss this someday and like tearful and just joyful about it. And I can also feel something that's really sad or hard and be like, yeah, I can be sad about that and have the, the heights and the depths of this emotion, but it's like, it's okay. 
yeah. it's gonna be okay. It like holds me. I don't know how else to say it, but yeah, maybe you have a better description of it <laughs> for. Well, you know, I, I think you're 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 actually the fact that the sentiment is it's going to be okay is the most important one because it, it is um even just just recently uh, uh well about a month ago now at the beginning of august um my brother had passed away and it was it hurt you know obviously you're losing yeah, a, a loved one's never fun um but knowing <sighs> Feeling the way I feel and understanding how to actually be present and feel those emotions, feel either the the extreme highs or lows, like thinking back of the funny things and laughing and having a great moment with those memories or, or just having the sadness of like, yes, he's, you know, he's gone and then being okay with like, well, he's not suffering anymore and just feeling it and being present with those emotions and being okay with it. Um, a lot of people have asked me like, you seem to have gotten over. I'm like, you don't get over losing a family member. That doesn't happen. But what does happen is you become at, at peace with it. You are okay with it because you know that the one, they're going to live on forever inside your heart, inside your mind. And two, if you get sad out of the blue because of it, you can get sad out of the blue because of it. It's okay to feel those emotions. You don't have yeah. to stuff them down. You can feel them. Mm. So I, I think it's so important that when you do any sort of plant medicine, any sort of breath work, have any sort of emotional breakthrough, because that's what really it boils down to is having these breakthroughs inside. I think that the most important thing is that it is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how perceivably large or, or, or scary it might be, you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a gold. Like, thank you for being so vulnerable. That's, yeah, in incredible to just share that experience and your heart and let us let us go there with you and just be able to feel what that might feel like if we had the same loss and i i can't imagine i haven't had anyone so close to me um pass away but um yeah thank you for sharing that and that's one of the things that plant medicine they're using it for is for um, people who are facing like a cancer mm -hmm. end of life kind of diagnosis and their loved ones to they like how would you like to just live your last six months in total fear panic depression anxiety about you know you or your spouse dying and you know like that's yeah. just a terrible way to live your last <laughs> last yeah. moments with your loved one so if this is something that can help people face death and see it and know that it's going to be okay and be able to find love and gratitude and joy in the moments that they have with that loved one right now rather than wasting it in anxiety and depression and and fear then i i don't know i don't think it it should be like a medicine, I think it should be just fully legal. Like yeah. it, 
not, I don't think it should be some type of thing that you have to go and you have to qualify and you have to be sick enough or whatever to be able to get it. It just needs to be available. And I guarantee we can do a better job than we do with alcohol. But you yeah. know what? We yeah. deal with the alcohol uh, problems anyway. And it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not addictive like that. You know, there's nope. very – anyway, I won't go off on that. But that's <laughs> – no, but it, it's true though. I, I feel like there, there's when people get all, especially when I, I, cause I, I'll go back to when, after my first journey like that, I found that being open, honest, and vulnerable is the only way to be. And it's so important to do that. So when I start talking to people about, like uh, any sort of plant medicine and I either see them roll their eyes or they're, you know, uh, they just kind of glaze over and ignore it. I get a little defensive about it. I'm like, Hey, like it's not, I don't know what story you're making up in your head about what this is. It's not like, Hey, let's go out into the, like into the forest and trip ball. If we're not kids, figuring out psychedelics for the first time mm -hmm. this is done in especially like how i approach it it's always done in ceremony with intention and it's a very beautiful process and i said more importantly beyond all of that it, it's it makes me realize that all the bullshit that we put up as like what needs to be done doesn't need to be done at all. You just need to be your true authentic self. And they were like, well, it's an illegal drug, so I'm not going to do it. I'm like, well, all right, then go drink your beard, go drink your whiskey, things that are regulated and kill more people every month right. than yeah. mushrooms. Go ahead and look up and see how many people die a year on like magic mushrooms or ayahuasca you're going to find that there's not that many people that right. do. Unless because... they're drinking with it or... <laughs> exactly. Unless they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. Definitely. So we ha I have a whole podcast episode, Steve Urquhart um, from Utah, the TDA. He does a podcast episode on the legalities of it mm -hmm. and the Religious Reformation Act and what that protects and what it doesn't and stuff. So it the, the more you learn about it... Yeah, I mean, th they'll understand. They'll understand our our uh, exuberance and all of the things that I don't know. We're so ex why we're so excited about it. The more you dig in and the more you try and find things that are bad about it, the more like that's what I was looking for. I was just looking for the worst case scenario so that I could be like, nope, don't want to do that. But it's it's um it's surprising. It's shocking when you it's start digging in. It really is, and especially as as you you're just like there's got to be a bad side, and you, whenever you find a bad side to it, it's just like oh, but they were also like shooting up heroin and like firing off guns. You're like, well, the mushrooms had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. all the other stuff they were doing definitely had a lot to do with it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, so true. And there, I mean, there's hard hard journeys and there's people that don't have the help to integrate after yeah. and that can be that can be dangerous if you're even yeah. if you're going say you you go into a therapist and you decide you're going to open up some childhood trauma and then your therapist is like oh time's up 
yeah. see you like halfway through and you're just like right in the midst of all your PTSD or all of your whatever. And you're like, I can't deal with this. I'm, I'm going to choose out like that. That happens. Like there's, there are dangers, but it's not, not usually the medicine or its side effects yeah, um, no. chemically in your body that are the dangers, unless you're combining it with other medications. But yeah. um, I, I know we're we're probably getting close to time. I wanted to touch on microdosing and like the business aspects, and and I know you did a great job, so we won't go too far into it about telling your microdosing routine and how it's helped you with your business and your writing your book and. All of the things in Silicon Valley, they're using it for creativity and productivity combined. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just really, so some of the large, large trips have helped some really big, I, I love hearing all the stories. It's so fun that, that now that I am public about it, people come to me and tell me all their stories, even if they're not ready to uh, yeah. talk on the podcast. But some people that are like super hardcore CEOs and very successful and they're stressed out and overwhelmed and unfulfilled and their relationships are suffering. And when they can come into this and maybe they have a terrible four to six hours <laughs> of crying on the floor, <laughs> but they come through the other side and they see that there are options and that they can live a different way and they can live even doing their business in a more fulfilling and more heart centered way and a more giving way. And it it's just incredible all of the different things, but um, yeah, yeah, want to touch on that real fast. Yeah, I and and I think it's it's amazing to see the positive effects that it has amongst every you know obviously from big companies to even just small business owners or people that are they're at their wits end because they can't seem to find a way through mm -hmm. and. Sometimes going on the big journeys, yes, it, it is life-altering, life-changing, and it can be hard. You can have, you know, the, everyone has a story, or I, I feel like I'm the, the quote-unquote lucky one of the group always because I, I have, I don't fight the resistance when I journey because everyone's like, I don't understand. Like, it, it, nothing's happening. They, they either say nothing's happening or it was terrifying, and I was like, was I just I let go I do, I have no I never have issues letting go mm -hmm. so when it comes to journeying I can go through those hard nights the dark night of the soul where things are seemingly like wow if you tell somebody you're like are, are you okay after something like that because it sounds like you went through hell I was like no it was beautiful because I needed to do that I needed to go through whatever hell that was going through that is amazing on the microdosing side, I will always say it, it will be something that I will do for the rest of my days, whether I do it on a regiment like I do right now, or even if I just do it sporadically, it is better than any sort of medication. I don't know any other medication because there, there isn't because all the other medications out there have horrid side effects and horrid withdrawal system symptoms. So the fact that there's a way that you can do a, a microdose in, in however you want to approach it, whether it's, you know, like for like me, I always say I do two, two days on, one day off, and that's like my, my actual protocol. I figured that out myself. That's what my body wanted. That's what I did. 
But there are times if I forget or if I don't want to and I take months off and I maybe I'll, I'll, I'm just going to do one day here because I have an idea. I want to get some, some things done. I want to paint or do something creative. I want to write or then I can do it that way. And doing it is not like, oh, I'm going like deep and hard into it. It's like, no, I am pulling down the little barrier of resistance that might be there and freely enjoying life doing what I'm doing. Whether it's painting something, whether it's writing out something, whether it's playing some music or going on a hike. I, going on a hike, microdosing, uh, or hikrodosing as my friend Christopher calls it, is probably one of the best palate cleansers for the soul. It's just you're out in nature, things are bright, beautiful, colorful, and you're not you're not journeying in a sense of doing the heavy work you're experiencing and mm -hmm. loving it. And I think for everyone that is, you know, afraid of going really deep into a, a deep journey with plant medicine, finding a facilitator that you can talk to about a microdosing protocol is your first step. Like if you're afraid, if you're doing like all the other work, if you're like, oh, I meditate and I do breath work, but I want something more, I think, I think microdosing should become more normalized mm -hmm. because it, it is, it's not a, a cure-all, but it is a um, enhance-all. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like it's not masking anything for me like some yeah. medications might. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like it's just, like you said, kind of clearing away the, the stuff that doesn't matter, or the static or the ego, and and I'm able to come out of more, more of just who I actually am. More of yeah. my authentic self comes out instead of masking something. And I mean, when can you take a medication that has? It's more like taking a supplement that's going to help you and help your brain and help, you know, like people are like, well, what if I'm addicted to it? I'm like, if you're addicted to microdosing, then <laughs> that's fine. It's not yeah. addictive, but it's if you even if it's habit, you know, even if you get in the habit of it, that's good. It's good for you. It's OK, you know, yeah. so it's 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 fun. We can't dispel all the myths in this one moment, but just yeah. give you a little idea. And even we didn't even really des describe microdosing. I have little microdosing episodes where people describe it and I go into it a little more in depth on my podcast, but just the sub perceptual dose. And sometimes people take a little more so they can feel it a little more, but the sub perceptual means you don't perceive it. You don't perceive like, Whoa, I'm on something. <laughs> I'm, you know, like you're just kind of like caffeine, you know, you took caffeine, but it's not like changing. So you can't function or that's kind of yeah. the, the dosage of it. But, but for your soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I, 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 I really do love that. Now, before we wrap up, I always have a question that I ask everyone because everyone, they've either found their passion in life or they found something that they really love doing, even with how their brain works. And with everything you're doing with your podcast, where do you see it going? Where, where, does, where does the love and intention that you're putting into the podcast, where does it grow from here? Oh, I love that question. So 
the podcast, my logical brain wanted to know how I would be compensated for my time and mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, how do I monetize? How do I, you know, and I just, well, the first barrier was more like legality and am I going to be okay if I put myself out there? And I really just had this strong push from the universe. I don't know how else to say it. Like, this is what you need to be doing and you need to do it now. And yes, you are the one. You don't need to be funnier or prettier or smarter or more engaging. I have engaging people on my podcast, so it's great. It's wonderful. But um, it was just something that I was like, I don't need to know that right now. I'm supposed to do this. There's people that need to hear and I need to start now because there's lives at stake here. And there's, there's, quality of life at stake here too like what what value is that if it just one person hears it like that one person I talked to on a hike and is like I was pretty much done I I had nothing left to live for and they change their life and have a life-changing trip and and now their life has they have a higher quality of life and that's worth it to me and I feel like there's something that the universe hasn't quite told me yet. So I do, I do hikes and I do um, breath work for different retreats and meditations and I do private ones. And I, we have an integration group. We actually have a free one running if you want just a taste of it. Um, a free one running in September and October that I'm partnering with another gal that runs retreats. And we're doing an integration group for free so people can come get their questions answered, be safe, and have a little community of people that that are on that same little path and get some free coaching. I always love free coaching or free therapy, right? If, especially yeah. if it's good stuff. Like you can come one week and be like, eh, she's not that great. And that's fine. I may not be your person. Or you may be like, oh, okay, there's some things I can shift here and I want to keep, keep coming. So um, I think that there's, and of course, part of the life-changing trips is because I love to travel. And so I'm like, you know, if, if we end up doing life-changing retreats and life-changing, you know, vacation kind of trips, mm-hmm. you know, then, then great. And so the, the plan would be to have both plant medicine and non-plant medicine. So maybe we go somewhere. I'd, I'd like to do everything as legal as possible, right? Somewhere legal. Yeah. And, um, and then I also believe that with the Religious Freedom Reformation Act, it's, it's, confirming my belief that it is our right and our freedom to have access to these plants. Mm -hmm. So that was a long answer, but, um, yeah, come play with me. And it's just fun to be around when I've, when I've gone to different retreats and I haven't done a plant medicine retreat, just, just retreats that you're around people who are being their authentic self and their, they love themselves. And they're not afraid to just do that, even if it's weird or whatever, just be themselves. It gives you this freedom to do that. And the more I'm around people like that, then the more I can bring that into my life. So I love being a place, being just a a space, whether it's just me on a hike with someone or whether we're at a retreat that shows people what's possible, a glimpse of what might be possible for them. And then they get to go from there. So just... 
I don't know. That's my my big answer is we'll see. And I love collaborating with people and let's make something bigger and better and more amazing with with um, more than one person. So that see, I love that. I, I love the collaboration aspect of it only because it doesn't matter the people's backgrounds is when you're in this, it's it all becomes one. Everyone everyone's on the same page. And that's what I love. It's like my little soul family that I have here in Georgia. Well, they're not all here in Georgia. They're from all over the, the country. But there's about seven or eight of us that when we get together, it doesn't matter our background, sexuality, all, any of that. We're all there. We're all open. We're all vulnerable. We're all family that can just express however we're feeling and whatever we're doing. And to have that is something that most people can't even fathom because they look at their own physical family and they go, well, I, I can't sit down and talk to, to like a brother or a sister about this stuff. They'll make fun of me. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, I could talk about something and burst into tears and know that everyone there understands and it supports me. And it is the most beautiful thing about the journey. Um, before, after, during. It's um, that connection with those people that you're journeying with. Yes. Yes. I found my own little pocket here. I think you just start to attract that energy, you know, and when you're lit up and you're on fire, if you think about it, it's logical too. It's not some woo, whatever, or if you don't believe in law of attraction, it's fine. But think about you walk into a room, if someone's all depressed down here and you're out like part like you're not going to be down here having this depressing conversation with them you know you're going to attract that person that's on your similar wavelength and the i I love that so we're having man um it'd be fun if, if you could come but we're having this like cool gathering here in southern utah it's kind of like becoming this mini Sedona, but better. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> like Sedona's maybe it feels even a little bit commercialized for the woo stuff. Yeah, and, it does. And there's just like this huge growing people that are just very heart centered, really trying to live in there. And we're not like, it's not like someone does a plant medicine and they're all of a sudden enlightened and perfect. Like we still have all our own human struggles, but we're trying to live in our hearts more and be heart centered, even as entrepreneurs and business people. But it's called Yin on Fire and it's going to be every year. It's in September. And it's just this incredible gathering. Um, It's like a festival, but Being in that space, you might pay thousands of dollars to go to a retreat, and this is, what, four days, and it's a couple hundred bucks for Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And there's going to be music. They're going to have these spark talks that are inspirational workshops. So I'm doing a couple workshops there, and we'll be doing one on relationships and another, I think, just breathwork meditation. And um, anyway couple processes we'll do there but all of these people coming in with all their different gifts and collaborating and working together and just the energy just planning and helping volunteer for the event is incredible so i can't wait to see what goes on in the event so if it doesn't happen this year next year for sure 
But we also have an author's village. Man, <laughs> I'm just going to have to like really, really uh, like push to get you get you to come or just like put in a little plug. If the author's, author's village, if you want more info, anyone that's listening, um, yeah, they can visit my little link tree link we have. And yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I have all that in the in the show notes as well. So everyone can can go check that out. Um, and of course, please do plug everything that you have like where people can find you online where they can get the podcast even though it's going to be in the show notes i always like having people talk I know. about themselves. i never go back to the show notes right yeah. <laughs> we have a really great um facebook community just life-changing trips podcast on facebook and so that's where you'll kind of hear about events that are happening and i'll post some stuff on my podcast and we'll chat in there and then my socials to Harmony Eve Williams and Harmony Williams on Instagram and podcast and Facebook. And then, yeah, you'll probably need to go look at the link tree, Harmony Williams, um, or it could even be Harmony Eve Williams. You might have to go look at that link, but it has everything. It has like the discounted tickets to Yen on Fire. It has, if you're coming to Southern Utah Zion Yoga Festival or how to come do a hike with me or a session, we, I do Zoom sessions too and they're awesome. I've helped people prepare before journeys that they're like, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I'm terrified. Something's going to go wrong. And, <laughs> and just like really get them in a space where they're open and accepting. And that's where you want to go into it. You don't really want to go into like, don't do it. If you're still in fear, don't do it. Wait till you are open and ready for whatever's going to be right for you in that experience. So I do the before and integration after and yeah, that's I've already plugged the you you being on the podcast like ten times, and so <laughs> they're welcome. There's lots of different experiences and different people on the podcast too. Yeah, so. definitely check out our podcast because it, it, your podcast is it it is refreshing to hear oh. the stories and to hear these people talk about it. it's because it's so important to hear more people talk about this these yeah. experiences. It's definitely it's uh, we have some really yeah. cool, really cool experiences that people tell and how they use it and what it's done for them. And all these little tips you get in there too. I'm like, man, I, I kind of want to take all the little tips along the way. You had several. I'm like, I just need to compile them all into this master list of, you know, if you're wanting to know it all and you don't want to listen to all the fun stories, which are cool too. But, um, and I've got some really great facilitators, some people that train, if you're interested in getting trained to be a uh, integration coach or a, some type of a facilitator, we have them on and, and um, discounts and stuff for them too. So awesome. Well, Harmony, I, I really, I thank you so much for, for taking the time and coming and chatting with me today. And I, I can't, I can't wait to see what you do with everything that you're doing. Same. I love it. When I saw you for like just a little bit in, in our um, podcasting group, I'm like, oh, I got to talk to him. And every <laughs> time we chat, I, I am just full of more energy and love our conversation. So I do look forward to any collaborations or things that go on or even, you know, writing stuff in the future. That's so fun. Yes. So uh, I have a feeling we're going to be working together. I, yeah. I believe yeah, I said I've got that this... in, on our episode. <laughs> I have I'm... a feeling it's, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. Well, well, thank you for having me on. Oh, anytime, anytime. And, uh, Everyone out there, please go check out all of her, all of her stuff. It's in the show notes. We talked about it, but thank you once again and have a great day. Okay. We'll see ya.